You are listening to the In Her Eyes podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Niehaus, episode 50. Hello, hello, my lovely friend, and welcome to the In Her Eyes podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Niehaus, interior designer, artist, mama, scientist, color specialist, and space coach, here to help you navigate the beautiful messiness of raising strong, thriving daughters while you discover the path to a home that inspires you. You will learn to design gorgeous, peaceful spaces inside and out that you can be proud of and love coming home to. Each week, we will explore how individuality and practicality create the harmony our souls crave. Let's dive in, my dear, to all of our beautiful Hello there. Welcome to the final episode of season two of the In Her Eyes podcast. And before we get started on this really touchy subject of perfectionism um, and whatever side you land on, if you haven't gone over and signed up for the giveaway, I want to encourage you to do that now. Um, Not only am I giving away four grand prizes, which are these great essential oil packets. Also, one month free to my monthly design portal where you can access previous trainings and you'll get the opportunity to have two consultations with me, two 30-minute consultations, and we can work on whatever you want, whatever spaces in your home that don't feel quite right, where you want to just ask some questions and just get some expert help. The other thing that you can do with the design portal, if you think, I've got this all handled, you can also gift your one-month free subscription to the design portal. And you also get a free color reading. These intuitive color readings are so much fun. And I don't specifically have words to describe them yet. Um, It's just so wonderful to sort of see inside of what's going on and, and what you might need and just open up that doorway of communication to find what you might need to usher into your life or even or to let go of um, in just this beautiful format of color and I know it sounds a little corny and I'm just starting to wrap my head around them as well I have been a person who's I believe it's partly because of my very poor eyesight and the fact that I wasn't given glasses when I was, you know, when I was realizing that I needed them. So I spent my first year of school without being able to really see Um, just the way that I learned to navigate the world with really poor vision. I... I feel like the gift that it gave me is a deeper insight into color because I know that I see it in a deeper way than most people do and I'm able to relate it in a different way and finding this new avenue of understanding how it just goes deeper than what we see with our eyes but how it affects us emotionally. Um, I'm loving. I'm loving experimenting these 
these readings are so much fun. Um, and I can't, I can't explain them any more than that. But um, there'll be 10 of them. There'll be 10 free readings that I'll be giving away. So please head over to the InHerEyesPodcast.com forward slash giveaway and sign up. It's super easy, especially if you've already reviewed the podcast or you've been waiting to review it and you just haven't gotten around to it. Or if you enjoy sharing it with your friends, which I'm so grateful for. Um, This is just my way of being able to say thank you on a much larger scale. So please head over there and um, do that because I love giving things away and I love having the opportunity to do that. And I just want to thank you one more time for supporting me through this journey of a year. So let's dive into today's topic. It's one that I want you to ruminate on. I chose this as the final episode of season two because I'm going to go on a brief hiatus for the month of August and I'll be back in September um, with a whole slew of new and exciting guests and ways to help you as we get into that busy fall season and the school year and how to just get everything in your life, most importantly, the spaces that you function in, in order to support you your best. So I'm excited for season three and the things to come. But before we do that, as we go into this final month of summer, I want to think about perfectionism. Now before a year ago, I knew almost nothing about astrology. I thought it was sort of fun, just in terms of, oh, you know, it kind of gave all of my friends that I seem to have been surrounded with my whole life that were born in and around the latter part of June and throughout July, it gave us a common bond, Um, especially in this tiny little town I came from in the co-workings in the space that I worked in and a couple of different jobs just seemed to be a lot of us that um, were cancer. And I remember the first time that I, and this is not a a podcast about astrology. Um, There's just something that I discovered recently that has a lot to do with today's topic. But I remember the first time that I heard, you know, my my birthday is July 2nd, um, I learned that I was a cancer. That sounded like the most horrible thing that you could possibly be anywhere in the, you know, just in existence. I, you know, I thought it was a, a, a death sentence. Um, and because I was very young and, and just the correlation between those words just sounded horrible. But then as I learned more and, you know, I learned that we cancer are supposed to be extremely emotional, um, but we put up this hard shell around us. Again, it was just something that didn't have a lot of meaning to me just in terms of the way I lived my life. It's always fun to pick up a, you know, a teen magazine and read your horoscope and kind of laugh about it and laugh about it with your friend. But again, it it had no real cemented meaning. It wasn't anything I tied anything to. And in the back of my, I'll say the back of my mind, but I'm going to say in the back of my heart, 
was always a little bit jealous of my sister because my sister was a Virgo and Virgos were orderly and they did things with precision and they had a certain way about themselves that meant structure. I struggle a little bit with structure on the surface, but I feel my best when everything has a place, when I can paint a vision and it can come true, when I know what's going to happen next. Now, I I love being spontaneous and I love being in the moment, but I also love when I don't have things that I have to worry about when I know that things are taken care of. So as I've learned over the past year and more and more people who um, have studied astrology and know things about it have come into my life, I actually finally did a full natal chart reading. And in that, I discovered that I, um, I have a lot of Virgo in my chart and it started to make sense and it it's almost as if it gave me a pass to embrace the things that I loved about life, about order, about natural order, about um, math and science, things that I love to study, things that always came naturally, understanding color as science, understanding color almost as math. You know, that way that I approach a room design, it, it, it's almost like a formula that I plot and, pl- you know, that I can derive what needs to be done based on just this innate sense of, of order and amounts and concentration. All of that is just something that my brain processes really, really well. Now, I can watch a movie and get to the end of it and not tell you the characters' names, not tell you where it took place unless it was in a major city. That's just not something that my brain is important, you you know, that considers something that it needs to remember. Um, Because we all have these, these characteristics that are innately ours, that make us unique and special and define us and we're not really taught especially as we go through the traditional school system to embrace the uniqueness of ourselves and there are parts that are you know labeled bad or or things we need to suppress or things that aren't necessarily valued in our culture. Um, Whatever culture you're in, I say ours as a generalization, but your, you know, your culture, what you're in, because different cultures value different, you know, traits and characteristics. And it can be hard. And I grew up in this shadow of a certain level of perfectionism. And I saw the value in it. I, my father was a master craftsman. He was, he knew so much about the industry that he was in, which was antiques, 
um, and reproduction antiques. But he also had this beautiful relationship with the pieces that he was creating. They weren't just copies on the surface. They were complete. And there was, he had a wonderful relationship with even the piece of wood that he was working from. He was very particular about what wood was going to go for what piece. It's almost as if it had to speak to him. Um, there's a beautiful quote of Michelangelo where when he was asked, you know, how does he get his vision for what his sculptures are? He says he looks at the piece of stone and sees what sculpture wants to emerge from it. And I, when I heard that, I immediately thought of my father because I remember the first time he was teaching me to sand and how slowly he taught me to run my hand across the piece of wood that we were sanding just to be able to experience the smoothness in contrast to where we had started. And it was almost as if the piece of wood that we were working on was coming alive, you know, in our hands. And it's hard cause as a small child, you know, you, you think of, oh my gosh, this was a tree once and now this tree is gone. And I, I had a wonderful relationship with the trees around me. Um, I am truly a tree hugger. I, I had one tree I actually would go out in the field and dance with. And it was it, knowing that it was, it gave me a new perspective on life after death because it was it was not that this tree was was no longer alive it was this tree was becoming something extraordinary and it had a life where it was growing out of the ground and becoming everything that it could to one day become what we were creating and my father was well respected for the perfection that he brought to each piece. And I also saw a man who struggled with the burden of that perfectionism and the pressure that came with each creation and the the bigger and the more magnificent the project he was given to create, the larger that burden became. And it wasn't until I started on my most recent entrepreneurial journey, because there's been a few incarnations of it, but where I came into it with the knowledge that I needed a good business coach because I was an artist, am an artist, but I wanted to be more than an artist. I wanted to be a smart businesswoman. So I needed a smart businesswoman to coach me, to help me become what I envisioned in this incarnation of my business. And then as I, I went through that, I realized 
there's a deeper soul to my business. There's what I want to create that is affects more than just aesthetics. I am not a designer who who helps you impress your neighbors. If that's, you know, a person that somebody is looking for, I always tell them, that is not me. I'm not going to help you just spend lots of money so you can tell people about it. I'm going to help you create something that helps you and your family thrive, that supports your needs. And we're going to do it on a budget as realistic as we possibly can. And knowing that, like knowing that was a journey I wanted to be on. And then as I went into that soul of that journey and wanting to understand why I feel like having things in order and having that that balance and that energetic balance between things and between spaces and the importance of flow and the emotional connection of color understanding that as a source of healing you know emotional and physical healing I realized I was going deep I was going a lot deeper than most of my clients wanted to to hire me for um they didn't want to talk about their feelings and their emotions and and their alignments you know they wanted to talk about what space they had and how much it was going to cost for them to love it and so figuring out where my business was going and figuring out you know the next ramification of what i wanted to offer um to people in in just a larger sense had me take a hard look at what was holding me back. And one of the things that was holding me back on in the biggest way was perfectionism. Because I, f- I felt like, and in all honesty, I can't say that I've completely stepped to the other side of this. I feel like in order for me to present myself in this new form, I have to have it all figured out. I have to know exactly what it is that I can offer you in terms of results. You know, when you come to me and say, I need to redo my living room, it's pretty easy for me to say, okay, what's your budget? What do we have to work with? What are we keeping? What do we need new? And How do you want to feel when it's all done? And we can go from there. And going into this new space where I'm offering something that people might not even know yet. And and it's funny because as when I left a corporate position where I was where people were coming to me for a very specific need, and my job was to take care of that specific need my clients that moved with me from that position into when I went into my own position, they came with me because they knew that they were always going to get their needs met on a, on a, on a deeper level than just the aesthetics. They knew that I was going to listen They knew that I was going to hear what it was they really needed. And we weren't just recreating a picture that 
you know, was plucked out of a magazine or we weren't doing what your daughter-in-law said that we should be doing because things looked old-fashioned or things felt out of date. They knew that we were going to get to where we wanted to go because it was co-creation. It was a relationship that we had developed and we were creating the space just as if we were creating a, you know, a blank canvas and we had a certain amount of paint that we had to use um, in that picture. Um, and a lot of times that's the way I, I looked at design because I was, I was a painter first. I was an artist before I ever began the process of design. So what is perfectionism? The Wikipedia definition of, in psychology of perfectionism is a broad personality style characterized by a person's concern with striving for flawlessness and perfection and is accompanied by self-evaluations and concerns regarding others' evaluations. That was a big aha for me, not reading the Wikipedia definition, but when I started to understand that there was an element of things I wanted to create and things uh, what in the those moments when I was in comparisonitis, comparisonitis and, and tr- seeing what other people were doing, you know, take it instead of taking action, starting to look at what somebody else be, might be doing or how somebody else might be doing that. And my critical thoughts about people that had taken action without dotting all their I's and crossing all their T's. Um, a perfect example is um, have, if you've ever been hypercritical of a website, you can be, if you're a web designer and you've done websites and you know how intricate they are and how each device pulls things up differently and if you can create something that is functional and visibly pleasing and then meets all those other requirements it's really hard and so when you pop on something and you think oh my gosh this is a terrible website why would they ever do this how can anyone ever put this out here If you've never done it, it's really, really easy to say, this is a terrible website. But if you have done it and you see how easy it is to fix these little things if they just hired the right person to do it, it's, you know, you criticize it from a different way. And so often... When we're, when we're not knowing, that when we come into something from a place of, of not understanding the whole process, we bring with us a different set of criticisms than when we are trained and skilled in what we're trying to do. And oftentimes, um, the farther down that perfectionism spectrum, you find yourself, you bring with you both sets 
of those critical elements. Um, because oftentimes, especially as creatives, um, and whatever part of your life you might have felt this before, your thought might have been, what are people going to think about me? What are people going to say about me? If I can't do it in a way where there is no possible avenue of criticism to reflect the criticism reflecting back on me or where they can't say anything bad about me and that's a really debilitating place to come from and it's the number one stifler of creativity because if not taking action is simply because out of fear of the judgment of others then you've lost before you've even started one of my favorite statistics and when i used to do corporate training um the in sales one of the things that i often used was and and this was 20 years ago so it might not necessarily be applicable but michael jordan missed more shots than anyone else in the NBA. And the day that I learned that, being a graduate of the University of North Carolina, being a big Michael Jordan fan, I thought, holy cow, that's not what people talk about. They talk about the times that he won games. Like that's what he's remembered for. He's talked about as the leader, as the people that can raise the level of play of those people around him because he was so dedicated to the act of winning. He was so dedicated to the act of being the best in every moment that he could possibly be. And that's the good side of perfectionism. But even even being the good side there's some sharp edges around that. And there are people that are still going to react ne- negatively even when you, pay, you play your best game, even when you create the perfect painting, even when you write the perfect song, even when you write the perfect book. Like There is no perfect out there. There is always only the best that you can be capable of. And there are different ways that you can strive for being the best and doing the best. And it's dedication, it's intention, it's having a vision, it's bringing others in to support the division, that vision. It's being able to be passionate enough that those around you are excited about that vision. And those are the places that when we you know, when we think of something being beautiful or think of something being really well done, those are the qualities that it has. And when we can go forward that, go forward with that without carrying with us the baggage of performance, with the baggage of, um, of, shame when we can't do exactly what we want. Oftentimes, 
as an artist and an artist who doesn't paint nearly as much as I should or would or could, I, um, they're, they're, they're paintings that I will have in my head and I'll carry them there for, you know, sometimes weeks, sometimes years, because sometimes they're so beautiful. I doubt my own ability to be able to create it. I don't know the steps. I don't know where to start. And so sometimes they have to ruminate for a while before I can work up the courage to just break out the paints and start putting it out there, to just start putting it onto the canvas and see what I do know, what I can do. Sometimes I surprise myself and think, oh, well, that's even better than I realized it could be. Sometimes I really disappoint myself and I think, oh, this is just horrible. This is not at all what I was thinking. And, you know, the beauty of it is I can paint over it as quickly as I can, you know, as, as I started. But I forget that because I want it to be my vision from the moment that I start. And I don't want to have to go through that deep, yucky stuff of recognizing that maybe I didn't know what I was doing. Maybe I don't know exactly how to do this. You know, why am I wasting my time? What if in the end, I'm the only person that understands it? Those are the things that keep beauty from being born. Those are the things that keep creativity from manifesting itself in something that is tangible and serviceable and becomes what everyone else is looking for and seeking and needs. And oftentimes, it's just that courage that other people are seeking. There's one more element of perfectionism that I've encountered in my field of work that really can be detrimental. And that is when I've, I've run into this on a few different occasions. When someone, instead of admitting their flaws and their their human flaws, you know, we all have flaws. We all are on a journey and a learning process, no matter what stage of life we're in. Brene Brown um, said a brilliant thing, and I'm 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 just paraphrasing it. But it was once we reach a level of mastery in one field, the idea of failing as we journey towards dirt journey down a new path is more terrifying depending on the level of mastery we've reached. So the better we are at one thing, the harder it is to fail at something new. And integrity can get scrambled in this desire to create the illusion of perfection and perfectionism. 
I had a contractor that I've had a few contractors that I've worked with that blamed their lack of um, speed in being able to get through a project or producing a project within the time that they had promised. And they blamed their own pursuit of perfection as the culprit in that in that process and the funny thing about that and that's when I started to understand this relationship between judgment and and the role that judgment plays in perfectionism and the just how it was how it was creeping into projects Um, oftentimes these the contractors would they had so con- they they were so convinced that you know they talked so much about other people's shoddy work and how superior their work was to theirs that what showed up in what they created was not perfection and the way in which they worked wouldn't be described as perfectionism um, but it had become a convenient excuse for not being able to produce in the time frame and then they had all kinds of other excuses that lined the process to why what they were presenting wasn't as good as they had promised or or wasn't as good as we might be expecting so it was almost as if they had a plan to under you know, to, to counteract the judgments that they might be feeling or seeing coming at them by setting it all up with, with talking about how bad other people were. And this is not uncommon in the, you know, in the design, the construction industry, because Everybody wants to play into this illusion that they can create things perfectly instead of recognizing that you can only create what's within your ability to create. And I'm sure all of us, you know, any of us that have been in in this industry or many other industries, you know, our desire is first and foremost to complete a service in a way that gets us paid you know, it gets the contractor gets paid and the customer is hopefully happy enough to want to do business with with them or recommend them. Um, that's always the ultimate goal as a business person. I titled this podcast Perfectionism Blessing Our Curse. And I in the spirit of divine alignment, I had something show up today in something that I was listening to that gave a wonderful answer. When you present something or someone introduces you and they are talking about how marvelous your work is and they say that you're a perfectionist, 
one of the things that imply that implies is you're not going to deliver it to your client until you see it as as in its best possible form which to me implies a level of respect that you have in the as the person who you're creating for um, which is something that I've always valued in the work that I do and when I have hired people and the people that work with me in the business to help as part of that creation I always love their sense of pride I always love the sense of when they're giving something to me that they're proud of and they feel like they've risen to a new level because to create together you know in this work that we've done and the words that I heard were a perfect description of that and they were I was what I was listening to they were talking about um, the positive sides of that Virgo astrology sign because Virgos get a lot of um, they get a lot of flack for for being a little too tightly controlled but these words were describing them as having a view of the material world as sacred and having the grandest view of the vision and I thought that was so beautiful if you approach it in a way that understands that action and honesty and integrity must play into that vision and the only way that you can come to its best possible sense of of completion because if if we accept the fact that perf- everyone's definition of perfection is a little bit different and in its essence it's almost not achievable so if we shift that to its best possible or just to something extraordinary and allowing it to unfold in that extraordinary way then we have the opportunity to create but create is a verb creation only ideas happen in our head only the beginning of creation can happen without action because to create is to take action and action is messy action takes learning action takes practice action takes honesty and it takes honest analysis so can you allow your personal sense of perfectionism to be a curse you absolutely can can you allow it to be a gift you absolutely can and is it going to fall somewhere in that messy middle probably and there are moments when it's going to feel one or the other but in the process of creating your best self creating your best environment creating that which supports those around you in the best way possible it takes all of those things
So my friend, I am going to take a few weeks break and I will be back here in early September with so many fun things for you. Once again, I am grateful for you. And I hope that you head over to that giveaway page. Even if you won in the last giveaway I did, um, I, I, again, I'm so excited about these intuitive color readings. That's why I'm giving away so many of them um, just to be able to familiarize people with this, this, this new concept, this new idea, this new thing that's kind of never really um, existed before from in my world, you know, from the, the way that I've seen the world. And it's practical and actionable and beautiful. And that's what I think that um, I know I strive for. And I know a lot of you guys that have been with me for this year do as well. So thank you, my friend. Have a wonderful month of August. I will be here next week just to announce the prize winners and just give you a little send-off message. Um, there won't be a full podcast episode. It'll just be a little blurb on um, some, you know, on what's going on and coming up. So take care and honor your perfectionism, but be honest with yourself when you're not taking action. Have a great week, my friends. Thank you for joining me here today on the In Her Eyes podcast. If you heard something today that resonated or helped you move forward on your design vision, please head over to the platform you get your podcasts and subscribe. And it would mean the world to me for you to leave me a rating and review. The complete instructions for doing that are on the In Her Eyes podcast website. That's inhereyespodcast.com forward slash review. And while you're there, be sure to grab my bedroom project planning workbook. It's the step-by-step guide to designing a room on any budget that truly supports your needs, your style, your habits, and you or your daughter will love coming home to, whether you're seven or 77. And it's my gift to you for tuning in. And if you have an idea for a podcast episode, something that you're struggling with or something that you'd like to hear more about, please fill out the form on the bottom of the page. I personally read every single submission. If it's something that I feel confidently that I can speak to and help you with, I'll absolutely create something that will help you out. And if it's something that I feel like someone else can guide you better, I will guide you to that person, I promise. Have a beautiful day, my friend. Until next week.
as part of the celebration of the year-long anniversary, which happens on July 22nd um, of this podcast, I'm going to be doing some giveaways. Uh, the, the first giveaway that I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be giving away a special little essential oil pack. There'll be four of these that will be going into the giveaway. Um, I also be doing a um, free one month membership into my monthly design portal, as well as a free color reading. Um, what a color reading is, it's an intuitive color reading. It's not just, it's not a color consultation. Um, a color consultation is where we pick out a wall color for your house. A color reading is to look for what you might need to be focusing on or expanding on. It's an intuitive color reading is to help you connect yourself to those parts of yourself that you might have stepped away from. What you need to bring back into your life or bring into your life if you never let it there in the first place. So it's part of the work that I've been doing with Ina Seagal and it's part of the work of the healing powers of color. Color has so much power in your life, in your space and the more ways we understand it, the more ways that we can use it to our benefit and celebrate it. So there are going to be four packages that um, there'll be four winners that get the full package with the one month free membership to the monthly design portal, um, the package of the essential oil blends, as well as um, the color reading. I'm going to be doing 10 free color readings. So 10 free color readings. These are something that are going to appear on my website um, very soon. It'll be something that you'll be able to purchase. Um, there'll be something that you'll be able to gift as well. Um, but um, as part of this, as part of this one year anniversary, I'm going to be giving away 10 free color um, color readings. So how do you win these? First of all, if you have not already followed and reviewed the podcast. That is the first step. If you have, all you have to do is screenshot your um, your review of the podcast, whatever it is. It has nothing to do with what it actually says. It's just the fact that you've done that because that's how our message spreads. Um, so there's, if you go to the um in her eyes podcast.com forward slash giveaway. It's going to give you all the ways that you can, um, all the things that you can do to get entries um, to win these great prizes. Um, so even if you've already, like when the podcast launched and we were doing the initial giveaways, or if you've popped in along this year and you've had the opportunity to follow and, um, and review, then, um, thank you so much. Um, and that counts towards the giveaway. And then also you'll have additional entries for sharing the podcast. But all of the details are going to be over there. If you just pop over and take a quick read through um, 
all you have to do is follow the instructions, put the information in, and then you'll be entered to win one of these giveaways. 